So we are here in week four of our series, Friendly Learning How to Have Better, Stronger, Healthier Relationships all across our lives, our friendships, our marriages, our dating life, our parenting, our workplace relationships, wherever we go, we want to have and develop and build better and stronger and healthier relationships. And from the top of this series, we said that there were two things that are really kind of fundamental, foundational pieces to the puzzle, who you choose and who you are, who you choose and who you are. We want to be careful, not casual, when we pick our people. We want to be careful, not casual when we pick our people because we'll become like the people we spend time with and we'll experience the consequences of their choices for good or for bad, for good or for evil, for building us into better people or for making us worse versions of ourselves. We will become like the people we spend time with and we will experience the consequences or the rewards of their choices. And we said who we are matters because a man of many friends must show himself friendly. It's the law of conditional relationships that the health of our relationships will always hinge on our willingness and our ability to be friendly, to be a good friend, that we can't have great friendships if we are not a great friend or are not willing to be a good friend to others around us. Then last week, we looked at an incredibly powerful verse from Romans chapter 12, in which Paul challenged the church then and challenges Jesus's followers today if possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. We said every one of us has different responsibilities and the different relationships we have across our lives. And with every responsibility we have, the question ultimately becomes, are you willing to do what depends on you? Are you willing to do what depends on you? Are you willing to honor when honor depends on you? Are you willing to be patient when patience is what is required of you? Are you willing to love and respect when love and respect is what is is your responsibility? Are you willing to do what depends on you to have peace across the different relationships of your life, regardless of the role, regardless of the relationship? Are you willing to fill and fulfill your responsibility in and to the relationship and to the people that you care about the most? And with that question in mind, today is going to be a very natural but difficult extension of that same idea in our relationships. Are you willing to do what depends on you to have peace in every relationship in your life? And I would hope the answer to that question is yes. Are you willing? Are you able? That may be a different question, but are you willing to do what depends on you to bring peace in every relationship in life? And here's the specific direction we're going to go today and we're going to lean in today. Are you willing to do what depends on you when what depends on you is establishing, enforcing, and honoring boundaries? Fun, right? Are you willing to do what depends on you when what depends on you is establishing boundaries, enforcing boundaries, and honoring yours and others' boundaries. So many areas of our lives include natural boundaries or boundaries that we all agree are wise. Like, do you live, if, if, if you live in a home or an apartment, does it have a doorknob with a lock on it? I'm guessing you do. A lock is a boundary that you have that separates your personal space or your family's personal space from space that belongs to everyone, from the outdoor public space. And you know it's a boundary because only people with a key get in. Only people that you have entrusted with the key, only people in your immediate family or people that you have entrusted with the key get in. If you have a bank account with online banking, do you give out your password for your online banking to everyone you know? Of course not. These are boundaries that we know. These are boundaries that exist naturally. These are boundaries that 
everyone is aware of, that everyone views as wise, and most people would say you're being unwise if you don't, like, if you give that bank password to everyone, if you give a key to everyone you know, if you rip off the door lock, you know, so that everyone has access to your home, what you know and what everyone knows is that's incredibly unwise because you're giving access to things that, pe to giving access to things to people who should not have access to those details and those information and those valuables of your life. Only in the area of our personal relationships and the way we actually interact in our closest relationships do we chafe at the idea of boundaries. Society is filled with boundaries where you don't get in unless you bite. Country clubs, you don't get in unless you're a member. Sam's Club, you don't get, I mean, you can get in, but you can't buy anything if you are not a member. All across the society, we deal with and we interact with boundaries. Only in the area of personal relationships do we actually chafe at the idea of boundaries. And if you push back against the idea of personal boundaries, I'll tell you why you push back against the idea of boundaries. Number one is you don't like it when people establish and enforce boundaries with you. And number two is you don't like that and you don't want to do that because a boundary doesn't feel very friendly, right? The idea of, I mean, even talking about, you're like, how can, like, how can we even be talking about being friendly, you know, two weeks ago and using and enforcing and establishing and honoring boundaries in week, like two, like two weeks later, this doesn't feel very friendly. And I get all of that. If someone has ever established a boundary with you, it may feel a little insulting. It may have felt a little controlling because often people use boundaries with poor motivation, trying to use a boundary to change or to control another person or to, to make another person, you know, be under control control or to make another person change. And because we don't want to come off as insulting or controlling to the people that we care about, we ignore and we refuse boundaries that we need and are necessary and healthy in some relationships. And the reason that I would say you need some boundaries and the reason I call it necessary is because I know something about you that you also know about you, but sometimes we're not always willing to admit about ourselves. There is some relationship in your life right now where you don't have peace in the relationship or you don't have peace about the relationship or maybe both because there's a pattern of behavior in their life that will or does negatively impact and affect your relationship, your other relationships, and it may even be impacting your health without you realizing it. And it will do that until you establish some healthy boundaries in that relationship or with that person. Let me give you a few possible examples, just in case none, just in case none naturally come to mind for you. Uh, maybe you have a family member that you care deeply about, but lately all they can talk about is politics, and they're incredibly passionate and incredibly opinionated, and they don't handle the slightest disagreements well. You don't like the divisiveness of politics, and when the topic comes up, you get chills down your spine and you immediately tense up, not because you necessarily disagree with their line of thinking, but you know what will happen if you do. And you start to think, you know, like, so you have this, like, mm, I, I don't have peace about, I don't have peace in conversations with them. I don't have peace about anytime I'm in the room with them because I know I can't disagree. And I know they're going to talk about politics. And I know I don't particularly want to talk about politics. I know where I tend to go. You don't have peace in the relationship. You don't have peace about the relationship because you don't have a boundary. And you won't have peace in the relationship until you have a boundary. Maybe you have a coworker who struggles with procrastination. And because of their struggle, they have a tendency to realize at the last moment that they don't have enough time to finish their projects. And they ask you to stay late with them 
or come in on the weekends with them so they won't fail at their job and they won't appear as a failure. And you don't want to be cruel, so you stay late or you agree to come in during the weekend. But every time you say yes to them, you're saying no to something valuable about your life. It's maybe your family time, maybe your workout routine, maybe church. You like them, but you always cringe when you get a text from them outside of work hours. You don't have peace in the relationship. You may have peace in the relationship. You certainly don't have peace about the relationship. If you cringe every time you get a text from them, every time you see their name on call or ID, you do not have peace about the relationship and you will not have peace about the relationship until you learn to establish some healthy boundaries. Maybe it's that you have a friend who you share somewhat private or personal or close to the best information with and it gets repeatedly shared with other people that were not present for that conversation. And you don't necessarily mind that they that those other people know the information. You wish you had had the opportunity to tell them on your terms, in, in your words, hearing from your heart. And so until like with that person who has shared your personal, your private, your close to the best information, you have a choice. You exist in a relationship where you don't feel confident that they will keep your confidentiality, that they will keep private what you have spoken in private. And you have a, a, a choice. Do I experience the fact that I don't have peace about sharing information with them? Or do I establish a boundary that will keep the relationship going? And in every one of those situations, here's the thing I know about you, what you hope for, maybe what you pray for, maybe what you dream of at night is that they'll just figure it out that they'll figure out and they'll grow up and they'll become more mature and they'll and they'll be be less you know they'll be less procrastinator they'll, they'll that they'll be better at handling private information that they'll do what that, that they'll talk about politics less that they'll just figure it out that they'll figure out what their political do talk does they'll figure out what their procrastination is affecting you that you'll 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 hope that they won't share any more private information and as long as you are hoping that things will just work out and they'll figure out how their actions and words affect you let me tell you what the bible says about you. And this is going to come off harsh. This is going to come off as if it's a really difficult word. This is going to come off negative. But here's what the Bible says about you. As long as you're hoping that a relationship that hasn't changed yet will change in the future magically. It says in Proverbs chapter 26, verse 11, as a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool repeats his foolishness. Now, let me ask you a question. Have you ever seen a dog eat its own vomit? I would guess, again, most of you have. Most people in life have seen this because what a wonderful thing that we all get to witness, right? I think most of us have. When you see that happen, what's the first thought that enters your mind? Gross. That's the first thought. Gross. Why would they do that? Like, why on earth would a dog, like, I have never in my life thrown up and then been like, you know what, though? Those SpaghettiOs look pretty, I'm gonna go get a taste. I don't want a second taste. Actually, I got a second taste, I don't need a third, right? Here's a thought I had recently when I saw my own dog do that. It can't be good for them to eat something their own body just threw out. Like, it cannot be good. You know what Proverbs says God thinks when you keep going back to the same people expecting different results while making no change to the relational dynamics? Gross. Why would they do that? Why would they be so foolish as to keep going back to the same person, expecting different, different relational experiences while not changing or making any adjustment to the relational dynamics? And here's the truth. Without healthy boundaries, a relationship with a fool will turn you into a fool. Without healthy boundaries, a relationship or a friendship or a marriage or parenting with or working with a fool will cause you 
to be a fool or to act like a fool. I believe it's for this reason that Solomon, who wrote Proverbs 26, 11, also wrote Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. This is one of those famous passages of Scripture, but we think about it in terms of guarding our emotions or guarding some aspect of our life. We don't think about it in terms of boundaries, but I believe Solomon was referring to boundaries when he wrote in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Guard your heart above all else, for it is the source of life. That word guard that word guard, it is not a passive word. It's not a sit back and hope everything goes well and hope no one hurts my feelings and hope no one violates my time and hope no one treats my kids wrong and hope everything is good in our marriage. It is not a passive word. In the Hebrew, it's the same word used for, a pa for palace and temple guardians. People who vigilantly watch over something precious and they actively implement systems and processes to ensure that they are actively taking care to guard the precious thing in their stewardship that it does not slip into the wrong hands. Solomon says, your heart is a precious thing. Your emotions are a precious thing. Your life, your mind, your relationships, your family, they are precious things. And they must be protected the same way that my secret service protects me as the king and my riches and gold as the wealthiest man to ever live. And the best way to actively guard your heart and life and peace in those relationships is not to keep returning to the same relationships hoping we experience a different relationship, but to establish some boundaries so we can experience some actual health and develop some new relationships with the same people. Because here's what boundaries help you do. Healthy boundaries will move the relationship you have from a relationship of chaos to a relationship of peace. Now, as I say that, isn't that what you want? You want a relationship with the same people that you are currently in relationship. I mean, maybe, maybe you don't, I don't know. Maybe you wish there was a way out. But for most of us, we like the people that we spend time with. We love the people that we spend time with. We care for the people we spend time with. At the same time, we don't like the relational chaos that we currently experience. And we have a relationship of chaos because we have not established healthy boundaries. But healthy boundaries will take the relationship you have, which may be chaotic, which may be violating some, some personal time, maybe not respectful of your family, maybe a lot of different things. And at, at the end of the day, what you experience feels like a relationship of chaos. And when you, when you establish some healthy boundaries, what it will do for you is it, is it, I mean, let's be honest. First, it may not feel very peaceful. It may feel like you have entered some more conflict. They may not respond well to the healthy boundary, and that's a reality that you may experience. But if they respond well to the healthy boundaries, you will have moved and you will have transformed that relationship of chaos to a relationship of peace, a relationship where things may be actually a little bit more tense and, and because there's no longer the freedom and access that once was given to do whatever you want, but will have peace inwardly. And eventually that inward peace will work its way outwardly throughout the entire relationship. Now, to understand what healthy boundaries look like, I actually want to go back to the very beginning in, in, in Scripture. We're not going to actually read these passages because it's an incredibly long portion of, of Scripture. But in Genesis chapter 2 and in Genesis chapter 3, when everything was perfect in the world, when creation was exactly what God wanted it to be, we actually get a beautiful picture of what it looks like to establish and to enforce and to honor some perfect 
healthy boundaries. We get the perfect picture of what healthy boundaries actually look like. In Genesis chapter two and three, when God created the world, we, we get the experience of God's creation and we get the experience of mankind's first sin, the first violation of God's boundaries and what God did and what healthy boundaries look like in response to a violation of boundaries. In Genesis chapter two and chapter three, as God creates the world, as God creates mankind, as God creates everything and everything is perfect and everything is given to the man and to the woman for their benefit and for their good and for their enjoyment, here's four things that we learn from the Genesis chapter two and chapter three account of boundaries and, 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 and freedom. And number one, the first thing that we learn is that boundaries define and protect freedom and peace boundaries define and protect freedom and peace. God gave man and woman perfect freedom and perfect peace within the garden. Perfect access to him within the garden. And the garden had boundaries. When you read the account, there's a boundary of a river and a river, and there's, you know, it's, it's, it's encased by rivers. The garden had only one rule, one. And then everything was yours to enjoy. Like one thing to avoid, one thing to not touch, one thing not to go near, and then everything else was yours to enjoy and experience. There was one rule, which was one boundary. There was a, a space boundary, and there was one boundary that ensured perfect freedom and perfect peace and perfect access to God. The garden had rivers that formed the physical boundaries. In other words, humanity experienced ultimate freedom and perfect peace relationally and with, it, with, with creation inside of the boundaries that God had established for them. In our relationships, we must keep this same mindset when it comes to our boundaries. Boundaries exist to protect the relationship and protect peace. Boundaries do not exist to keep people away. They do not exist to push people away. They do not exist to control people, but to help relationships flourish, to provide proper freedom and proper peace within the relationship. This speaks to our motivation. You do not establish boundaries to keep people away from you. And for some of you, the reason that you chafe about boundaries is that you have had boundaries established against you to keep you away to push you away, to control you. When boundaries are utilized correctly with the proper motivation, it is not to keep people away or to push people away, but to establish healthy relationship and provide the proper context for freedom and peace within the relationship. On that note, here's the second thing that we learn from the garden. Number two is that relational access requires responsibility. Now that's a bit like... If you get nothing else from this entire talk today, from this entire message, that is worth the price of admission. You're like, I actually watched this for free. It's worth it and more. Relational access requires responsibility. In the garden, within God's one rule, and within God's designed physical boundaries, mankind was given unlimited and unfiltered access to God, the Father. Can you even imagine, like, like we pray to God and we believe that he hears us because Jesus told us that he hears us when we pray. When Adam and Eve were in the garden, they spoke to God face to face. They did not have to wonder if God heard them. They did not have to wonder if God walked with them. They knew when he did. And humanity experienced that kind of peace and that kind of access to God the Father as long as they were responsible with what God had given them and were responsible to the relationship and the rules that God had established for them. So when it comes to boundaries and relationships, this is a huge deal. Love is unconditional. Relational access is not. 
Let me say that again for, for someone who may be like, wait, did it, what did he just say? Love is unconditional. Relational access is not. This is what I was referring to a few weeks ago in the law of conditional relationships. Back then I said it in terms of our willingness to be friendly, but this goes both ways. That the health of any relationship also hinges on a person's willingness to be responsible with the amount of access that you have given them to your life. This is a huge deal to understand in our relationship with God. Sin did not and does not change God's love for us one tiny bit. Your sin, their sin, it did not and it does not change how much God loves you at all. God's love is unconditional. But sin did change our relational access to God forever and still does change our relational access to God when we are caught in sin. Sin kills us and sin clouds our clarity in a relationship with God every single time. And that leads to the, very, to the third thing that we see. Number three is that broken boundaries bring consequence. Consequences, notice, not punishment. Consequences, not punishment. It is not the job of a boundary to punish another person. It is the job of a boundary to establish a consequence when it comes to the relationship. Adam and Eve, they weren't responsible with their access, so their access was reduced. They weren't responsible to the, to the garden that God had given them, and so their access to the garden was reduced. Adam and Eve weren't responsible with their freedom, so their freedom was reduced. Adam and Eve weren't responsible with the one rule God had given them, so unfortunately, more rules became necessary. The consequence from God should be a pattern for our new for our own boundaries. That irresponsibility with access brings the, the consequence of less access to protect both parties. Because people who are irresponsible with the access, access that they are given don't become more responsible when when they when they when they do not when when there is no consequence for their irresponsibility. We have to establish consequences and actually enforce our boundaries for the benefit of the relationship, for the protection of the other person, for the benefit of the other person, but to protect your freedom and to protect your peace in and about the relationship. It is proper and healthy and protecting of the relationship to reduce access and freedom within the relationship. People who are, just to tell you really, really bluntly what this means, People who are irresponsible with your time should be given less access to your time. People who are irresponsible with your emotions should be given less access to your emotions. People who are irresponsible with your private information, what, you, what is shared in private, should be shared less, of, less privately. People who are irresponsible with your family should be given less access to your family. This is not a punishment. This is a consequence designed to protect the family, protect your time, protect your emotions, protect your heart, and ultimately protect the relation from relationship from their irresponsibility. And in the best case scenario, not this, this isn't the motivation. In the best case scenario, when their irresponsibility or their immaturity or when their unhealth comes into comes into, into conflict, when they're when they experience the friction of the consequence, they evaluate their choices, they evaluate where they've been irresponsible, they evaluate where they've been immature, and they make a decision to correct their behavior to move forward in a better way in the relationship. And then the fourth thing that we see from God in 
in this account of the, in, in Genesis chapter 2 is that consequences are for protection, not harm. The consequence that God established, removal from the garden, it was actually for the good of humanity, not as a punishment and not for their detriment. If you pay attention, what God says is, now that they know good and evil, man must not be allowed to eat from the tree of life and so live forever. Meaning, they used to eat from the tree of life and it was no problem because they knew only good. And if they knew only good, they could live forever and be replenished forever and replenished forever and they could go on living forever knowing only good and it would be amazing. But now that they know good and evil, a life lived forever, a life constantly being replenished and living forever, knowing good and evil would not be for their benefit. It would be to their detriment. It would be a curse to them. Therefore, for their own good and for their protection, we have to remove, their, remove them from access to something that would be to their detriment. And in our relationships, this is so important for us to understand. When we allow their immaturity to continue, it is not for their benefit. When we allow their irresponsibility to continue, it is not for their benefit. When you allow their unhealth to continue in relationship, it is not to their benefit. You think it's to the benefit of the relationship, but let me tell you what I know and what you ultimately already know. You don't have a functional relationship right now. You don't have a healthy relationship right now. And it won't get healthy by you keeping them in the same relationship, hoping that they'll figure it out. Of removing their access from, from something that is currently not healthy will actually keep them from further unhealth. It's only when we establish healthy boundaries that we have the potential and we have the possibility to move from chaos toward health and toward peace. So you're going like, okay, so that's, wow, that like that's something that I haven't thought about. Those are some reasons we probably should have some really good boundaries in our life. How do we actually establish some boundaries? First of all, that speaks to our motivation, why we bring our boundaries. We bring them not to keep people away, but we bring them to, to, so that we can actually protect the health and maybe bring some health into the relationship. It's not going to look the same, but down the road, maybe the relationship actually looks healthier. We actually want to establish a relationship where we have freedom and where we have peace, but we have freedom and we have peace within some certain boundaries. So what should those boundaries be? I believe there are three types of boundaries and I've been working this out for quite a while. So I, I may not have this perfect, but here's some things that I believe contribute to health when we have these types of boundaries. Number one is a personal boundary. Number two is a general boundary. And number three are specific boundaries. Number one, a, a personal boundary. Number two, a general boundary. And number three is some specific boundaries. Now to talk about these and unpack what these are. A personal boundary, it revolves around a personal decision or conviction that I hold and I practice in every relationship to protect my peace and my conscience. Inter like th this is like, this is my thing. This is my decision. I'm not going to necessarily force this on another person, but I know if I pass this boundary, I've done something that violates my conscience. In the past, we've been in a series called these guardrails, or we've called these restraints. It's personal decisions, personal convictions that in my relationships, in my decisions, I'm going to live these out and do my best to make sure that I don't violate my own peace and that I don't violate my own conscience. In dating relationships, dating relationships need these kind of boundaries. And as a, if you're a single person watching today, you need these before you get into a relationship. If you wait to get into a relationship to establish your convictions and to establish your beliefs and to establish your decisions, you will change your decisions and change your convictions based on the other people's decisions and convictions around you. This is your 
personal boundaries. Maybe it's a parenting boundary. Maybe, maybe you can't come home from the stress of work and go directly into parent mode. Boundary may be that you have some short activity or entertainment or education between work and kids to renew your mind and prepare you to engage with your family well. Maybe it's as a friend boundary. I will not be out with friends after midnight because nothing good happens after midnight. And you're like, no, there's some good thing. Okay. Nothing wise happens after midnight. You're like, okay, you got me there. Maybe it's within marriage making the decision, you know what? I will never start a fight when I'm hungry. Now you're like, I've already done, like, I, 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 from this point forward, I will never, like, I, I, will, I, I will be aware, that, like, I, if, if, I, if I have to have a difficult conversation, I'm gonna make sure that I am well fed and that I'm not going in hungry because when I go in hungry, it amplifies the situation every single time. Do you understand this? This is personal boundaries. It revolves around some decisions or some personal convictions that I'm gonna make sure that on my, for what I can control of my own actions, I'm not gonna violate my own peace. I'm not gonna violate my own conscience. I'm not gonna take actions. I'm gonna establish some boundaries that help me make sure that I don't violate that I don't abuse my own peace and my own freedom and my own convictions and my own conscience in the course and in the context of relationships. To define a general boundary, a general boundary is a consistent standard of behavior between me and others designed to protect the peace and health of our of, of relationships. Let me say that again. It's a consistent standard of expected behavior, what I expect from others and what others can expect from me, between me and others designed to protect the peace and health of the relationships. It may have to do with you more than them, but you is in multiple places and spaces and relationships. So you need some general practices, some general boundaries to maybe maintain the peace of your, in your heart and peace in the relationship. It may be, well, you know what? Politics sucks the life out of me. Again, this is about me. So when a conversation turns to politics, I will remove myself from the conversation, the situation, or the environment. You're like, in our world, that might be me removing myself from a lot of conversations and a lot of situations and a lot of environments. It may do that, but you will not be in environments and in conversations and in situations where you are violating your own peace or someone else is. Uh, it may be people that maybe something like this. People who are not responsible with theirs won't be given access to mine. Just a simple boundary. If they're not responsible with their vehicle, if they're not responsible with their finances, responsible with their calendar, with their family, with their reputation, you name it. If they're not responsible with theirs, they will not get access to mine. In other words, if you don't feel comfortable with their level of responsibility with theirs, they will not get access. If, if you're like, I don't, feel, I don't feel confident in the way they drive their car, they will not drive my car. Like that, that, may, that may seem, seem like a, a harsh move, but at the end of the day, you will not have peace knowing that they're driving your car and you won't have, you won't have trust for them driving your car. If, they're, if, they're, if you don't feel comfortable with the way they handle their finances, giving them money will bring attention to the relationship that you will not be able to handle. If they are not respectful of your time with, of, of their time with their family, they will not be respectful with yours so they don't get access to yours. Here's another one. Don't an I will not answer those who only want to argue. This is a great online principle. This is a great Facebook comment section, Yahoo, com 
every comment section. I will not answer those who only want to argue. The people who want to argue, whether it's politics, whether it's religion, whether it's anything in life, whether it's how you parent, whether it's, I mean, like, there's so many Facebook groups out there that exist where the, like, someone posts something, moms groups, dad groups, parenting groups, marriage groups, where someone posts an opinion, and then it just turns into an argument fest. And what I've learned is that I have a tendency to want to jump in and, 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 and engage, but I know every time I engage, I end up in, a, in the middle of an argument where I don't want to argue. I want to have a conversation and it just becomes argument. So don't answer those who only want to argue. And then finally, don't expect healthy responses from unhealthy people. And when it comes to establishing boundaries, when you establish boundaries, when you say no, when they want you to say yes, unhealthy people will not give a healthy response. They may lash out. They may, they may you know, get, really, get really accusatory towards you and talk about your irresponsibility and how they view you as immature. And they're not doing that because of, of there's a problem with the boundary. They're doing that because they're maybe a little bit unhealthy. And so at, at the end of the day, this is a good general, a good general thing to keep in mind you know, in our heads when it comes to our our, our, our general boundaries is that we shouldn't expect healthy responses from unhealthy people. We shouldn't expect mature responses from immature people. We shouldn't expect responsible, oh, that makes sense, responses from people who have been irresponsible. We shouldn't expect that. And we shouldn't, and when they respond badly, we don't treat, we don't actually take it as, as, oh, now I need a further boundary. So this is a natural response for them because this is what, but this is why we have the boundary. And then talking real quickly about a specific boundary. This is within relationship with a specific person addressing a specific concerning pattern of behavior for the protection of the relationship. This is addressing patterns of irresponsibility so you can continue a healthy version of the relationship with that person. For parents, boundaries with grandparents caring for your child. You may have, have some experience with this if you're a parent where you have your version of caring for your child. You, maybe it involves no sweets. Maybe it involves certain, you know, a bed at a certain point. Maybe it involves not the watching of certain things. And when, or maybe it involves making sure that you, your, your children are buckled properly into, into the car seat and you have a very specific, this is what it means to be properly buckled, to have the car seat secure in, in, in the car. And whatever it is, when, when the grandparents take care of your child or when someone else is taking care of your child, they don't respect your wishes for your child. And, and as, as a parent, as a grandparent, some of you, you, you may be grandparents hearing this going like, ah, they're being too sensitive. And as a parent, you're like, if someone tells me I'm being too sensitive about my child, I may rip someone's head off, okay? At the end of the day, what you have is you have a boundary that you have not communicated. And you, ha and you have to establish and communicate and be willing to enforce and have consequences for the boundary. And you may need to have a difficult conversation where you let someone know, this is how serious I am about this. You may lose access to your grandchild for a season if you do not take, uh, until they're out of the car seat, if you don't handle the car seat properly, you may not get access to, your, to, the, to them. They might not be trusted alone with you until you take responsibility to do the car seat correctly. Or like, hey, we don't want them having sugar until they're this age. And we keep feeling like when we get them back, we're pretty sure that you gave them a lot of sugar. You keep saying you're not giving them sugar, but they don't act like this. They, they, you know, they're bouncing off the walls. They keep also letting us know that you gave them sugar. So like, we, we, we want you to respect our wishes with sugar. And if you can't respect that until the age where they're allowed to have the sugary stuff, you may not see them quite as much. This is a boundary that may exist and may, may need to exist for some of you to have 
peaceful relationship with you, with your parents, with, with the grandparents of your children, because right now you have a relationship, but you have a relationship of chaos. You do not have a relationship of peace. And until you have the boundary, you will not have a relationship of peace. You will live in the relationship of chaos. Let me, one final example. You may have an advice giving friend where every time you, you're like, I just need, I'm, I'm processing this. I just need to share this with someone. I just need to get it off my chest. And every time you share that, they go into advice mode. You're like, I want to process it. I need to share it with someone. I need to talk about it, but I don't need advice right now. I just need to talk about it. And they jump in really quick with advice, advice. Every time I said, but, oh, here's what you should do. Here's what you should do. Oh, here's what I would do if I were you in that situation. And what you know is that they will keep giving advice because that's in their nature as long as it's not talked about. So when you are ready to have a new relationship and a healthy, peaceful relationship dynamic with them, you actually may need to establish a, a boundary that looks like this. You know, sometimes I just need to process and I don't feel comfortable sharing with you all the time because I know you're gonna jump in with advice. So for now, could I just have you listen and not give me any advice? Can you say that? Absolutely, you can say that. Now, you, 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 your, your thought here is, look, if I, if I have these boundaries, it's going to keep relationships from being people doing whatever they want all of the time. Exactly. That's what this does because people doing whatever they want all the time has not built peaceful, healthy relationships in your life, has not built relationships that are life-giving in and through your life. What this does, it allows you to be friendly. Let me just tell you this. Boundaries are friendly. Healthy boundaries are friendly. When you establish healthy boundaries, when you enforce healthy boundaries, and by the way, when you respect and honor someone else's boundaries, this is what it looks like to be a good friend because you are protecting the relationship. You are protecting freedom and peace. You are not allowing them to continue in a way that's unhealthy and, un and irresponsible and immature. You are making sure that their immaturity is met by a boundary that they have to evaluate at some point across the way of their life. And at the end of the day, you are working to protect and keep a version of the relationship and build a healthier version of the relationship. Boundaries are friendly. What you're doing right now may not actually be that friendly. Living a life with no boundaries, trying to have relationships without boundaries is not friendly because you are not building an actual friendship. You're building and empowering chaos. And so when you want to have health, the most friendly thing that you may do for someone else, but certainly the most friendly thing that you can do for yourself is to establish some healthy boundaries. That's how we choose to be friendly, to honor other people, to honor ourselves, to guard our heart, and to follow God's example in creation and God's example in, in his interactions with, with humanity, to establish some healthy boundaries, to build healthy friendships, to protect freedom, and to protect peace, and to ensure a healthy version of relationships that is friendly across our lives. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your wisdom. Thank you for your word. Thank you for what you have just spoken to us through your word. Thank you for the truth of what, of what we've just spoken. God, I pray for every single one of us, God, where this is difficult, where this is hard, where this is scary, and where for some of us where we know if we put down a boundary, it's not gonna build peace right away. It's gonna build chaos first. I pray that you'd give us incredible wisdom to know what to do with what we've just heard. God, also give us the courage to actually take some small little baby steps or some big, huge, giant steps to build healthier relationships and healthier friendships and healthier marriages and healthier work relationships 
as we actually establish boundaries that honor you, that honor others, and that honor us, and that protect freedom, and protect peace, and protect relationships. So God, help us to know what to do with what we've just heard, and God, help us to actually do it. Help us to be friendly, even when that means pursuing and establishing some healthy boundaries to build health and ensure health in our relationships. We love you, God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.